Hey everyone, welcome to the OK Days. I'm your host, Eden, here to change the way we talk about mental health. Conversations are about just that, how we can still find the more than okay. Listen in to hear your story with an other's shares. Welcome to the show, Mike. Mike is the founder of Hewitt, a virtual care platform that provides nutrition therapy and lifestyle coaching to slow the progression and reduce complications of chronic kidney disease. Mike developed advanced stage kidney disease six years ago. While he was able to delay his progression of the disease by a few years, he realized that his success was not affordable to many. This led him to use his management consulting career to develop a startup that focused on kidney care transformation. Mike is a forward-thinking entrepreneur and seasoned business development leader. He loves solving complex problems and pursuing ideas that bring value to society. He is currently working on his book, Press On, and recently finished his MBA at the George Washington University. We talk about Mike's immigrant story, how his entrepreneurial spirit never wavered as his businesses evolved, and why change is so hard. I always like to start with my guest's story. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Before the story, actually, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to be here. Uh, When you pitched me about your podcast and when I saw what the guest that you were featuring and your focus, um, the fact that we're um, at GW, both at the time pursuing MBA, we had some time to discuss and chat. Um, And so really love your vision uh, and what your podcast stands for. So I want to give you your uh, flowers before we talk about myself. Um, but my story, um, I mean, it's, uh, it's your average immigrant story, right? It's like you come to the United States and you, um, pursue the American dream. Um, but the American dream for many is different. Um, but for myself, I was born, uh, in Africa and Ethiopia specifically came to the States when I was, uh, 11 year old, 11 year old. And, um, from there, I moved to Arlington. So my entrepreneurial knack and business was more of a passion than anything else. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to become an entrepreneur and I never had any other dream. The, the, the word entrepreneur, I can finally say it, but I've always said, I'm gonna be a businessman someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, entrepreneurship, innovation and stuff as I you know, grew and uh, got older and wiser. Mm-hmm. Um, like a fine wine yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i i started uh learning what entrepreneurship is meant or it means uh, what entrepreneurship means actually um it's beyond yourself it's serving others with value more than you receive in payment and so working in the sales department allowed me to understand that hey like i'm actually very good at the relationship development, the customer uh, experience side of the things. Um, And I did well on that. And so then I said, okay, from there, what should I study? Mm -hmm. And I chose to study uh, marketing for undergrad. And specifically, I wanted to attend an HBCU. Um, Mm -hmm. I always knew I was going to somehow end up in a predominantly white institution like Mm -hmm. 
uh, GW. But um, being African, I wanted to understand the, the history of Black in America. And I come from a specific, from Ethiopia. So we're not fully aware of that um, because our history, I don't want to get too political, but I, we were never, um, we weren't colonized through history. So it was the white and Black thing was never something that was exposed to me growing up until I came to the country and understood. And so HBCUs really caught my eye. So I wanted to learn what, um, what, why I had a dream and why Martin Luther had the dream and why it was all possible for all of us, even as an immigrant, it's mm -hmm. everything that they fought for that I'm here, uh, that made it possible for me to come into this country. And so I decided to go to an HBCU called University of Maryland Eastern Shore um, in uh, Princess Anne, Maryland. It's near Salisbury, near, near very close to Ocean City. Um, pursued my uh, bachelor's uh, in business there, business administration, focused in marketing. It really gave me an amazing time. Of um, I signed up for leadership uh, seats, and that's how I was a student leader within the business program. Um, and I became a Thurgood Marshall co College ambassador because I was a full full ride uh, recipient. I uh, was chosen to be an ambassador for the school to travel around the country and recruit other Black students to come to and or, or um, other institutions that would uh, support um, and help raise money for our scholarships. And we did leadership institutes in New York. And so we met all these companies that came to recruit. A lot of the things in my life, the challenges or the, the positive sides came full circle. And like, regardless of what I go through, the highs and the lows, I'm, I remain the same all the time. Mm. I'm grateful to both. Um, mm. It doesn't uh, happen to me, it happens for me because mm -hmm. I learned at a young age that the, the ups and downs of life. I was diagnosed with a stage four kidney disease and given six months to live. And I didn't know what that meant because I was in this American dream chase, bubbly, enjoying life. Uh, I was in New York City at that age, you know, it's fun. I uh, had very good friends from all walks of the world there. So I was really enjoying life. And so I was caught off guard. Um, that led me to do a little bit more research. I didn't take the diagnosis as a death call, more as a chance to tap into entrepreneurship. I look at problems um, as a opportunity to solve them. And mm. so, of course, I went through like the why me situations, but I got out of that real quick. Um, and then I went full force to do research. Why are people with dietary restrictions um, not able to eat according to their uh, health issue. Um, and so that enabled me to pursue uh, Happy Plate. Happy Plate was a marketplace that enabled kidney disease uh, patients according to their, uh, wherever stage that they're in within their disease. Um, and I spent about two years and a half doing research, uh, mm -hmm. understanding the market, learning about the disease, um, but in the six months that I had, um, was diagnosed, I wanted to create something and leave 
as a thank you to the earth. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm, I, I think about weird things like that, more like that contributions. Sense. It's more on the contribution side. Like what contributions have I made, mm. right? I've only taken, I've only learned and gotten paid for what I, the skills I attained, but I, I, I felt like I didn't give enough and value more than I received in payment. And so I wanted to create that and give it to a friend that can run with it and actually save lives, chronic uh, disease, mm -hmm. kidney disease specifically, uh, affects 37 million Americans, 15% mm -hmm. of uh, patients, I mean, uh, folks with kidney disease are diagnosed at lower living with kidney disease and 105 million are yet to be diagnosed. That's two mm -hmm. out of five Americans with some sort of lower level of uh, kidney function. Um, and so it's a huge undertaking and I was excited. Uh, I was also solving it for myself. So I don't look at it as a business again. Mm. I looked at it as a way of life and through the success of my delay, uh, delayed progression and when I was getting off medication and I was learning that I didn't cause this disease. I didn't have any prior history or family history. It was just an environmental cause. It's just mm. one of those. I accelerated what I was given because that's where my life's mission of pursuing a purpose uh, was introduced. I know that was my calling mm. when I was, when that idea came, I was excited, called friends and, you know, went and told my doctor, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? Should I pursue it? He was like, Oh, think about your health right now. Mm. <laughs> right. But little does he know who I am. And so I just went full force. Um, people from all walks of life, the ones that know me and didn't know me helped me out. Um, and so from there, I started really diving into it, talking, doing my customer discovery and talking to people. And it didn't feel enough. And I felt like I wanted to be part of this entrepreneurship um, community. And although I was joining a lot of communities in DC, I wanted an institution. And that's why I decided to pursue my MBA and apply to the GW. And that helped me a lot in what I was doing. Now we pivoted into a company called Hewat. Uh, formerly Happy Plate, we just renamed it. He what means life, and so I wanted to connect the purpose-driven life together. Um, mm. so stemmed from that book, uh, He what meaning life in Amharic language and my native uh, Ethiopian language. Um, we wanted to extend lives and improve their health outcomes uh, through mm. digital therapeutics, and so that pivot wouldn't have 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 had happen wouldn't have have happened if it wasn't for everything I received the last two years. I um, know that me and you, we've talked about behavioral change in the past. And I heard that a lot in your story. Let's also talk about change and why change is hard. Um, and even in your story, you shared that you were given six months to live. And of course you had the why me thoughts, but overnight, I assume you didn't just like, maybe I'm wrong. You Did you wake up one day and say, I'm going to turn this solution, this problem into a solution? How did that work for you too? The pivot was difficult. It took time. Mm -hmm. um, the pivot happened because of COVID. Um, when, I, when we were delivering the meals and talking to our customers, um, I was told that um, one of the greatest thing that happened during this um, meal delivery is that 
uh, the couple that I was delivering meal to uh, invited me to come into their house. And I thought, uh, like, I don't know, we messed up on something and I was in trouble. And they told me to sit down and I sat and I'm like, what's wrong with everything? Okay. And they're like, yeah, I'll thank you for helping us fix our marriage issue. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? What? <laughs> right. Like, mm. I never thought I would go and in, in, into this and fix marriages. But they said as a family, because the uh, companion uh, was sick, that they weren't able to eat together as a family for a long time because their mm. behavior of the home and, and the way they consumed food changed. Hmm. um because he's on a strict diet and she can eat whatever she wanted and the kids can eat whatever they wanted and so that family time that we take for granted wasn't happening in this home and so think about if there are 15 percent of american i mean 15 percent of americans are uh, diagnosed with this illness how many pay, how many people are facing the same issue hmm. a lot um and so i'm, I'm grateful to, to have gone through that process and to allow me to pivot but when COVID happened people were sitting at home so patients that couldn't afford it their family members couldn't afford it to pay now so I went to an insurance company and I asked them um, if they were able to cover it and they said that healthcare is costing them a lot of money and because of that what would we do at um, Happy Plate to improve the, the, the outcomes so that's when I suspended my uh, delivery. I don't want to take anybody's money, especially those that don't have it already. Mm. And I wanted to, I went to all the experts within value-based kidney care and um, CMS, Department of Health and Human Services, all these startups. And I asked for help. I said, I'm stuck here. What can I do? So for six and a half months, I was uh, assigned to um, a mentor who has a startup in, in this digital therapeutics realm and he mentored me and he opened the doors to his network and I went and asked questions like I don't know anything about kidney disease like I don't know anything about anything about healthcare mm-hmm. um I just learned so that was a full semester worth of education mm-hmm. that came because I learned that there's more problem to the problem I'm solving mm-hmm. um that brings us to behavior change Mm -hmm. behavior change is complicated and complex how patients with kidney disease are put in a very complex guidelines on what they should eat how much they should eat right on top of that factor mental health to it Mm. the constant motivation to to to, to stay positive because kidney disease is not reversible Mm. and so uh, we needed to figure out how to, in order to improve outcomes for health plans and for them to subsidize what we do to pay for it at no cost to the patients while keeping patients engaged. The only way we can do is think about behavior adaptation and behavior change. Behavior change is hard because we are offered all these options also, growing up, we have l- learned social norms and social habits that we picked up. Mm. As an Ethiopian, I eat this food called injera. Injera has high potassium. And yeah, high, uh, no, high, uh, phosph- uh, high phosphorus or high potassium, one of those. <laughs> uh, 
that's my main meal culturally that I can go and enjoy it with family friends mm. when I go home and try to have it with my dad. And if I don't consume that, he won't be happy. Right. Because mm -hmm. he's not he, that's not what he's used to, even though he's open minded and he supports me through my journey. I'm just giving you that as an example. Mm -hmm. If I keep continue, continuing that and I don't change that behavior, I'm taking more medication and putting more constraints on the kidney. Mm. So one, we wanted to do nutrition therapy for that purpose because in order to change old habits and put new new habits in there and show show new possibilities i like to say that's not familiar to them we needed to inspire change but in order to put change in we also need to think about mental health where are they in that place so cognitive behavior therapy, uh, occupational therapy, those things need to be put in, right? And so the fact that I chased my first vision was food because I needed to eat according to my dietary restriction. I did it for myself. But as I was delivering meals to people's homes, I've learned that the issues are greater than what I thought. And this is the beauty of entrepreneurship. Mm. We're constantly learning, right? People think entrepreneurship is you have an idea, boom, tomorrow you have a million dollars business or like a unicorn, <laughs> right? That's just a fantasy. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship is constant learning. Entrepreneurship is constant listening mm. and removing your personal bias mm. and understanding social norms that, 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 that are happening. Meaning that why is there no easy way for people with kidney disease uh, patients to comply to their dietary requirement and their diagnosis? How are they being educated? What's the act of counseling looking like, right? Are they know that they're through their illness, they have high medical cost, and it's during their life. That's that's an obvious thing, right? But making it stick to to that, we started looking at six. There's a some uh, there's a trans theoretical of or uh, it's called, uh, I like to call it stages of change model. Stages of change model mm -hmm. is based on, okay, there are six stages that we follow, right? One is pre-contemplation, meaning that, okay, what is this? Why is this pa patient unaware of the need to change, right? Let's take example of like weight gain. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've gained weight, right? And then the contemplation, the second stage is the state of ambivalence or you're thinking about change, right? You're reviewing the pros and cons of, of your weight change, right? Oh, my pants are too tight. What should I, like, I'm not eating the right things. And then you're preparing for it, planning to change. You're taking the steps that needed, that need, okay, I need to go to, I need to go to, uh, Fit Zumba class. Mm -hmm. I need to go sweat it out on Peloton, and so I need or downstairs in my gym or gym access. All these steps you can think about it, but the 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 chances of you giving up with the fourth step being an action is high, mm -hmm. right? Because you're you're like okay, I've started this Zumba class and it's been two weeks, and my pants fit fits now, but I quit. Because you've achieved that level of goal, mm -hmm. but you're not maintaining it. So that's where the biggest thing, the sixth stage is a relapse. Hmm. 
you're returning to your older habits. Now you've developed another unhelpful behavior pattern, which is quitting. Mm. Right. And now put that, I gave you this example from like weight loss, because we all sign up for the gym memberships and we don't follow up. And mm -hmm. you being uh, an instructor, I like mm -hmm. I'm trying to relate. Yeah. But <laughs> think about it, a chronic disease that's stage one through five and then mm -hmm. dialysis dialysis when what means that you are your kidneys are getting dialyzed on a machine at home in center or in center or at home for about three to four hours a week uh, a day uh four times three times a week that's a part-time job mm -hmm. you get hungry your habits change your friends want to go out and eat sushi mm -hmm. or i don't know kfc right and so all these challenges that come with it, behavior change helps you, especially through digital therapeutics, because we're putting health coaches in front of you. We're putting your support system in front of you. We're training your family members or your uh, informal support systems to go through this with you, to learn it. And mm -hmm. so that you don't give up. Mm. So we have health, we have nutritionists that reviews it. We review the, 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 the lab work and we're in the beginning of stages when I talk about this so next year two years or when I return to your podcast it may be totally different right but it's it's behavior change is important because of that the reason why we don't keep up with it is that has a lot to do with our income mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with the social norms and social behaviors around us it has a lot to do with the habits that we picked up growing up through the journey that I've taken and that I've shared in my story and through the customer discovery and the constant understanding where the world is shifting within healthcare, how the incentives are happening, how the business model is shifting. This allowed us to, and, and everybody that opened their door and taught me, right? Mm -hmm. I was a student of the game, six months taken, taken out while in business school, while going through um, kidney transplant and all that. I was learning constantly, seeking. Um, and so from that perspective, now I feel like we're, and the team is growing. We have five uh, healthcare experts on the team as, 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 as a leadership team now. And so like managing, learning from them and also managing the expectation and the vision and the mission and what we're, what we're doing together. So this is a collective item. I'm not, this, this company was mine, but it's not mine. Right. Mm -hmm. It just it's mine to deliver it to the to the world. It's mine to to make sure the 38 million people, uh, 37, 38 million people that are battling kidney issue are finding the right support, mm. right care. So I call it a human centered approach digitally delivered. Mm. And that's what we're building. Mm. It's been a tough journey. Entrepreneurship is tough. Mm -hmm. but it's also rewarding and not all the dates are not the same. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think to your audience, you, you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, you have to keep going. You don't know what, what the, that call tomorrow is going to be, you know, six years ago, I was looking at six months and now I'm living I'm six years in and I'm, thinking about 37 million people in America. Mm -hmm.
how to solve that problem and how to that the two out of five folks that I mentioned that are not diagnosed yet because they have hypertension or so on. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to look to to think about 104 million people in in this country are yet to be diagnosed with this issue. So mm-hmm. kidney epidemic is happening. I'm an advocate because it happened to me, but mm-hmm. I'm also every other startup that's in this space or company has not faced the personal battles I've faced. Mm-hmm. I've sat on those chairs. I've sat, I've done countless of surgeries or whatever. Um, and so I understand the illness very well, although all this illness is different to, from my illness is different to 10 million other illnesses. Mm-hmm. Mine just happened to come. Mine was just a gift um, because I didn't have any prior um, exposure to it. But hopefully I, I and we collectively build something great to fight this huge disease that's mm-hmm. affecting us. And it's only growing. Well, we definitely talked about why change is hard because, you know, human nature, we like what we like and we're comfortable and we have these things ingrained in us. Um, if someone was listening and they are wanting to change a behavior, what would you say to them? Where does someone start? First is counsel, at, go, go to counseling, meaning that talk to your patient, to, to your doctor, to mm-hmm. your caretakers, have a conversation with your family on what's happening because uh, they could be your great support to, to behavior change. Second would be have an honest conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. We, we can lie to ourselves as, as much as we want. But the first step is going, seeking, learning about the, the illness and the disease and what options you have. But in my case, you could be told six months and I could have believed it and got drunk every day and whatever and finished the kidney out. I, I pieced out. I'm, I'm gone at 25. But the mm-hmm. fact that I fought and I made myself believe that it's going to continue going, I'm going to take it one step at a time i just celebrated my 32nd birthday and i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to 80 90 however i can kick it i love i love earth i love being here like mm-hmm. i mean, i live in heaven right like this is heaven to me mm-hmm. and so i'm looking forward to to that so choose self self talk mm-hmm. talk to yourself from there take notes of what the, 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 the positive things you're saying to yourself and the negative things you're saying mm-hmm. to yourself. Then go to therapy. Find a behavioral coach. Yeah. That could enable you to work through your thoughts. From there, another step will come. But you're not going to do it alone. Behavior mm-hmm. change does not happen by yourself. Right. You're going to relapse. And so behavior change happens when you team up with the right people uh, that that are able to be your champions and that have the skill set. We can go vent to our friends all we want sometimes because that we're relatable. They may not understand us. Versus when you go and have your talk therapy session and you're talking to this therapist that Mm -hmm. has spent countless of hours of time and doing research and validating this this thing that you're working on they can make your job easier Mm -hmm. 
So within entrepreneurship, I, I, I was an avid learner, but I always had self-belief. Whatever the negative things I was told, I didn't believe it. Meaning from a perspective of like, I'll hear you. I'll work on what I believe. The rest I'll bet on myself. So too many times we focus too much of too much time. We've, we put too much time onto our, uh, onto our focusing on our weakness. Mm-hmm. I have to double down on our strength. What That's I did, cool. when you ask me my story, my story is understanding my strength and slowly but shortly adding a little bit skills to it. One thing we're doing, uh, part of what we're building is social community. Hmm. We want patients to go share what they're feeling, encourage others, and put their best practices out for others to learn from. We do it on Instagram through stories a lot, right? We get on and we praise or it's a post, put it out, seek for help. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I'm, we're not really creating something that's too sophisticated. Even now, like we look back at social media, like social media was our friends and family and neighbors. We're just connected. Instead of catching up over coffee and tea, now we could see every minute of their days however they like well like you said too change doesn't happen alone and what you're creating is that that you don't have to change alone um different resources coming from your story too um and you've shared so much about your entrepreneurial like spirit like i can hear it on your voice i see it um when you talk too do you have any advice for like budding entrepreneurs to be mindful of their own mental health along the way? Um, like what worked for you? What helped you? I'm still too early in the entrepreneurship journey. Hmm. Um, because I don't have X amount of employees, X amount of customers and stuff, sure. right? And we're constantly chasing that. And that's what's, what, what's validated. For me as an entrepreneur, I validated myself because I was able to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so um, I'm writing a book called Press On, which I mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. It's talking about overcoming obstacles uh, through entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And that journey takes you through to talk. I talk to many entrepreneurs that have went through really deep life obstacle and they overcame that and they built a business out of it. Entrepreneurship is finding what you're passionate about or finding something you want to solve. Hmm. you may not have passion for it but you realize that you can make it a little bit more better so once you realize those two it's easy the first thing is knowing your why Hmm. understand your why simon sinek talks about this that every entrepreneur that's on youtube tells you to listen to that Hmm. but understanding your why why do you do what you do right is it money is it passion is it fame whatever and they're all okay as long as you're doing it in a healthy way honestly it's about betting on your strength mm. understanding what you're strong at don't don't focus on the weakness because the weakness could be hired on upwork mm. this, is, this is a quote for you the weakness could be hired on upwork yeah okay that everybody else is selling this the weakness that you you lack so right. go to fiverr and pay five dollars for somebody to come up with a logo yeah if you're not a graphic designer. And right. And I guess that also ties back to my very first question of your story and understanding your strengths um, and how, and your weaknesses and how, and how they come, 
how they come together. Don't compare yourself to anybody. Mm. Um, a lot like people have called me a failure so many times or a dreamer so many times. People have, were disappointed that I wasn't applying for jobs when I was in MBA programs. None of that matters to me because I came with a goal. I know what my objective is. Mm -hmm. I know where I'm trying to go to. I know, you know, um, yeah. I'm grateful to, to each opportunity and friends made, but nobody's opinion matters as much as of my own and how I view myself. And so the reason I, and I use the same thing to stay in your life, meaning that doing the research, I realized, oh, this is wrong. Okay. These meals shouldn't be consumed because it's not on this pamphlet that I was told not to eat. Behavior change is that, right? It's it allowed me to, to think what I needed and I solved. And even that, that's an entrepreneur thing. You have a problem. You keep facing it when you go to grocery stores. So you buy online, you get it delivered. You don't have to carry it. You can go to your uh, treatment, come out, come, account, come back four hours later, boom, your groceries at your door and it's delivered mm -hmm. to you. What inspires you to be even more than okay? What inspires me to be even more than okay? Um, the opportunity to create something valuable mm. for the community that I'm part of. When I say community, I'm not making it smaller, like not the DMV area or not United States, but global community. Mm. I represent everybody in this world, whether they're white, black, Asian, um, <clears throat> whether they're African, Latin, European, whoever they are, whatever they are on this earth, we're all one humankind, mm -hmm. one species, and I represent all. And so I think about that as my community and that inspires me. Thanks for listening. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and click to subscribe. Share away so we can continue to find ways to talk about mental health. And for more, follow at The OK Days or learn more at theokdays.com. Music by Keon Music. I'm your host, Eden, and we'll talk again soon.